Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Big Idea, Big Moves. This is the destination podcast for high performers. We talk to people from different niches, different genres, and we find out about what it is that makes them high performance and what kind of tips and tricks that they have that they can pass on to you and that we can all learn from to be able to move that envelope forward in our own lives. Um, so we again have recently talked to people like Jarek Robbins. Um, great kind of uh, a synopsis on how do we get through some of this stuff that's happening in uh, uh, in the world right now and, and scale our businesses back as much as possible to move forward. Um, we've talked to Heather Monahan, who Heather Monahan talks to us about um, how do we build confidence and how do we do those things, which is also something that is important right now as well. Um, and then we uh, will have um, uh, a recent kind of guest who we talked to about health and wellness and how do you make sure that um, those things that you're doing when you're maybe at home or doing in, in a different environment than we would have six months ago, now how do you stay active? How do you make sure that your body is, uh, um, is able to fuel what you're going to do from a business standpoint? So um, some really cool guests that we've had recently, um, and we're going to continue to do that today as well. We've got a, a great guest who's going to talk to us a little bit about entrepreneurship, maybe how things have changed and how we look at that in the next little while, um, and his thoughts on, on how we can move some of that forward. Just before we do that, um, like we always do, uh, or at least we've done for quite a few um, episodes recently, is um, we just want to thank those people who, while we're all kind of hunkered down at different times right now to make sure that we do the right thing for everybody, there are lots of essential workers out there that are on the front lines, and we just want to thank them for what they've been doing. Uh, so healthcare workers, grocery workers, and now there's even a few more people as things opened up a little bit. Um, so let's just uh, make sure that we thank them for that. Um, the other side is, is that one of our supporters, um, Jazz HR, um, has um, their platform, which is an applicant tracking system. It's available for um, essential service workers um, and essential service companies um, who need to be able to find people quickly. So they're opening that up for free. Um, the link is on our website at www.bigideabigmoves.com. So feel free to make sure that you go in there and uh, uh, take advantage of that if you're one of those organizations. Also, if, if you're an organization who just needs to be able to have that for their organization to be able to, to um, look at their recruitment pro practices and services, you can access that there as well. Um, the other side is that uh, Epitome HR also is collecting um, information and resumes of those people who've been laid off um, and uh, uh, maybe uh, rethinking their role when they do go back. So um, that link is on there as well. And they've been supporting us for, for a while now as well, but, um, but they're doing that very specifically to make sure that um, as things open up, that they're able to link as many people as possible to new roles. So, um, uh, so thank you for them. And again, it's www.bigideabigmoves.com. All right, we have an awesome guest with us today. Um, David Liu is the founder and CEO of Delta Path, and that's a uh, communications company whose technology helps businesses collaborate and, and internally and externally. So we're gonna hear lots of cool things about how they do that, um, especially in kind of the mobile and, and cell phone kind of space now that people are using different ways of being able to communicate um, with each other and in organizations. Um, his solutions have been adopted by brands like uh, Campbell's, Volkswagen, Nokia, and uh, really cool in 94 countries. Um, he himself had uh, started kind of his entrepreneurial journey and really doing some, um, some neat things 
when he was 14, he was really already starting to kind of tinker with um, how, um, how he could kind of connect different pieces of communication. And, and so we're going to hear a bit about that. But it's that entrepreneurial path that I think that we're really going to kind of delve into today. Um, so first of all, um, David, welcome to the show. And um, I know that we were talking just before we went on, you're in California. And uh, it sounds like uh, you're in a, a similar situation to us and, and have been for a little bit. So, um, so how's that going so far, I guess, for you about being a little hunkered down, I guess? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, uh, good afternoon to you, Jamie. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's uh, beautiful sunshine here in California and uh, streets are completely empty. Um, we're under yeah. shelter in place and uh, um, due to the coronavirus, we've all been actually staying at home since, uh, I believe, uh, mid of March. So it's wow, been yeah. a very, very long time um, yeah. at home. Uh, and, and actually, you bring a really interesting point that, you know, working from home or you're working from anywhere, I mean, probably most of the workforce nowadays are working from home. And uh, I, I would like to pose the question of, you know, how is life like working from home when you actually have, you know, a couple kids at home? How is work life like in general? I mean, for me, I, I would say, uh, unfortunately, even though I'm a, a big supporter of you know work from any anywhere work from home um, for me i find you know my productivity is in particularly very low <laughs> yeah yeah um working from home these days yeah it's so different and i i do find um i've had this conversation with so many people now about there is because it's been going on a little while i think mm -hmm. there's this desire where people are getting more used to being able to work from home if they haven't before. So that's a mm -hmm. good thing, I think. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people that it's, it's just craving going back and having that kind of more face-to-face -face interaction. So it'll be interesting to see how things change when they go back of what will the mix be? It might be a little more work from home than maybe we've seen in the past, but it's interesting to see that um, you've gone from one extreme to the other and then maybe it'll kind of come back a little bit. So Yeah, so it will be interesting to see and especially a lot of tech giants uh, such as Twitter, you know, allowing staff to work uh, permanently uh, away from the office, uh, working yeah. from home. So yeah, yeah the, the, the work trend, it's, it's bound to, uh, to, do, to have a big change coming yeah. up. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I, I talked in your intro a little bit about mm -hmm. um, how um, uh, I think at 14, you, you started kind of rigging your own <laughs> little system. And, and so I, I want you to talk a little bit about that and about, about kind of how you got there, the, the pathway to, to your organization now. Mm -hmm. Well, at the age of 14, um, you know, you could say that I was, I was naughty enough to actually take a part uh, of a brand new uh, you know, digital telephone. Well, they call it digital because it's DTMF. You can press one, two, three. It's not the rotary dial. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, my parents must have paid like, um, like 200, 300 bucks for it. Uh, yeah. It's a really expensive phone and I took it apart and, and accidentally cut some wires and there you go. The, the thing no longer works. And of course <laughs> <laughs> I get scolded. Right. Yeah. Um, but then um, I started, well, the, mic the cable that I cut was actually a microphone cable. And I thought, well, if, if the microphone is broken, maybe, you know, hey, we have this uh, stereo at home, you know, and we have some microphone as well. You know, can we somehow connect it together? So I decided to, you know, uh, seek a friend who, who has an iron and solder. Uh, you know, so for those of you who are very tech uh, nerdy, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like a, 
basically a really hot piece of iron that you can melt stuff and and solder stuff together. So I started playing with that, and then um, you know, um, accidentally I managed to you know connect my stereo system into a telephone, and then I was like, well, this is cool. And then now what? Well. Um, Call center has always somehow fascinated me at a young age. Uh, I, I don't know why. I've always uh, found it really cool to listen to music on hold, um, calling <laughs> to call center and listen to jazz music. I thought that was really cool. And, and so I thought, well, if people call my home and I can put them on hold and then they can listen to some jazz music. So, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> yeah, you know, who how doesn't it all started. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you have a really cool phone system at home. music. <laughs> So that's kind of how it all started, and um, but of course it's just uh, just out of curiosity, out of interest. Um, I would say it wasn't until later part at um, you know after graduating from high school, um, started playing with the internet, learning a lot more about it, and and having the passion with voice over telephone, um, I started digging into you know, can we transmit voice over the internet? Can we actually uh, do a phone call over the internet? Because that would be cool. Now back, remember this is back in the days where we have like 33.6K dial-up. So not even 56K modem. Yeah. Like really, really slow internet. But, you know, if we can actually transmit our voice in real time to the other side of the world, then we can stop paying our, you know, long distance calls. I mean, think about long distance calls back in those days. It would easily cost you two or $3 a minute. Mm-hmm crazy crazy phone bills so um so i was you know one of the kind of pioneer person to try and play with it and and look into that technology and and that kind of got me interested and then came college uh where in college my parents were uh, away from the states so i had to somehow connect with them and uh, i I recall that my mom, even till today, she is kind of computer illiterate. Today she has the iPad. That's kind of okay. But I remember back in those days, uh, she was like, oh, uh, the mouse doesn't work. You know, oh, I can't see the cursor. You know, it's like, oh, where is it? You know, so teaching uh, my mom to, you know, you know, turn on a computer and try to open up some applications and trying to do uh, an internet phone call, it's virtually impossible, right? Yeah. So then I thought, well, we got to start from the basics. How can I mimic a real telephone, but that, you know, it actually transmit all the way to the internet without the user actually knowing about it. So that's kind of where I started really, you know, putting some of the knowledge uh, that I learned in school and programming to, yeah, to actually create something that I can have my mom call a regular telephone number and I'll be able to answer it over the internet uh, yeah. without you knowing. So she wouldn't wow. know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That. <laughs> you could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so, so, uh, so that's kind of what actually triggered um, uh, me starting Delta Path. It's, yeah. it's because of the, the kind of accidental um, innovation, so to speak, um, that created this, hey, and that's often it, right? It's often the, the kind of accidental path to get there. And right, for those people right. that are kind of entrepreneurial or have that kind of innovation mindset that, um, you know, almost always it's you've stumbled, stumbled on, upon something that has taken off. And exactly. It sounds like that's, that's been the case for you. 
and then and then uh, you know friends or family start hearing about it. And uh, back in those days, there were a lot of uh, um, uh, Hong Kong companies in China establishing factories, and you know they were paying a couple thousand dollars a month on long distance calls. And you know they were a lot you know wondering, hey, you know, can we have the same system? You know, this is this is so cool and all that. Right. So, so it's uh, it's kind of that that made me decide, okay, well, let's do this for real, you know, really start a company, uh, really commercialize this product so we can actually sell it and people can actually use it, save big bucks on their phone bills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then that's kind of, you know, how it started, you know, <laughs> out here now, I, I mean, uh, you've, you've obviously grown kind of across different countries. It sounds like, mm-hmm. you know, basically yeah. worldwide. Um, how, how has that how has that worked for you? Like, how did you find, you know, how did you build such a quick kind of path to um, getting into different countries and being able to kind of work in a more worldwide sense rather than just kind of staying in a, in a geographical area? I mean, even your product though allows you to do that, but, but mm-hmm. what, how, how did you do that? I think it's, yeah, I think part of growing up uh, being um, in different countries, different places, um, growing up with different people and then keep having to make new friends because you keep moving uh, actually helps you to understand that uh, there's a variety of people, there's different cultures, uh, there's different languages. And that actually helps you a lot in terms of doing business in different places. Uh, just to kind of give you an example, here in North America and Canada and U.S., you know, yeah. we're, pre- we're more direct. Uh, we're pretty open. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we speak what we think. Yeah. Uh, we're a little bit more self-centered in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. But, you know, when you travel to Japan, it's, it's a very uh, collective culture. Uh, people appear to be very humble. Even they don't like you, they still uh, smile and say a lot of good things about you. But, you know, and they actually, they might hint something else. Um, so you have to um, kind of understand that the, the different people, different characters, different cultures, and by understanding that, it actually really helps you uh, into knowing how to do business of which each type of uh, people. Yeah, and I, I think that's a lost piece um, for a lot of individuals um, that are starting out or wanting to be able to expand um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that the business cultures or like the culture itself is, is quite different. And, um, um, and in, sometimes in subtle ways, unless you are, are kind of open to understanding it, um, mm-hmm. and you may not even know that you've offended somebody in some, in some of those countries because of exactly what you just said, but then suddenly <laughs> the business deal goes down and you don't right. understand why. So, um, so having that, um, you know, I, I think that's the one thing living in Toronto, knowing it's a very multicultural city and, mm-hmm. and it's, it has been one thing that I think also opens your mind to that by having lots of people to interact with that come from different cultures and are very open with their different cultures. So, um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thing to see how you can expand and how maybe quickly you can expand where others couldn't because of being a little more um, sensitive to different ways of doing business as well. Yeah. Um, so things have changed a lot in the last mm-hmm. little while. So the environment has changed um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and some organizations are literally having to look at, can they exist? <laughs> Other mm-hmm. ones are figuring out how do I um, almost start back up or pivot as is the big 
you know, language right now um, mm. in this environment. Uh, how, how do you see that happening? I mean, you're in a, a hotbed there of having right. to do some of those things. And, um, you know, how would you see kind of tackling that type of thing for a business like yours in this type of crisis environment? Yeah, well, first of all, we have to look at the crisis. Um, uh, I would say uh, with the crisis, uh, I'm seeing a global depression. Yeah. Um, it's uh, obviously not a very optimistic view. Uh, but if you think about it, um, the United States is one of the world's driving horse uh, in the world's economy. And uh, with the U.S., uh, you know, having over, you know, 1.4 million people confirmed and, uh, you know, 80,000 people dying, it's, uh, it's going to be uh, really tough for the U.S. economy. And because of that, it's going to have a trickle-down effect. Um, if Americans are spending less, uh, there's going to be a lot less orders placed to factories in China. And it's, uh, it's actually evident already. Uh, a lot of the Chinese uh, factories are actually not receiving orders from, from the state. So they don't really need yeah. to manufacture. And uh, that creates another huge problem in China where uh, there's a lot of... Um, uh, borrowing in the in, in, in the business, uh, business are depending on loans. Um, they are borrowing to the max that they can. Uh, banks are lending to the max that they can. And so, if you know a couple of big clients uh, start to collapse and not paying their debt, you know it triggers down the whole financial crisis within China, and then you know it, it the, the whole thing spreads basically. Yeah. So uh, definitely, it's uh, not a very optimistic outlook um, for me. So uh, I would say as, as a business person, mm -hmm. uh, just like uh, in your last episode, you know, it's natural to start looking at, well, what are the expenses that you don't really need? Um, and, and I think uh, for us, that's kind of uh, also in the direction of where we're going at, but not thinking about ourselves, but thinking about, hey, to all the customers out there, all the potential customers out there, um, is there something on your utility bills as simple as uh, phone bills? Uh, can we help you to slash that? Uh, can we help you to you know, reduce your operating expense? Are you spending too much on, on communication, on communication tools, but not really getting uh, the, the, the functionality that you actually need uh, to help your business. Yeah. So we'll probably be looking uh, more closely onto that. It's interesting that I, I think that's that's a really good way to look at it. That um, that part A is looking at yourself, but the part B is looking in the environment and seeing, um, you know, how does your service go out and actually help what other organizations are having to do right now, um, mm. and maybe be able to boost your own your your own profits your own sales by helping others in that constricting you know environment mm -hmm. that they're looking at as well it's it's a really smart tactic that way um and and i guess that's the one thing is that takes some innovation to do that i mean for mm -hmm. some some organizations right now i mean you know there's a there's a fear right now for some people and they've just got to make sure they protect everything um mm -hmm. how did you and your team kind of shift your thinking that way to, to not you know how do we also um how do we also look at it from a positive standpoint and be a little more innovative and open at a time when creativity is tough to do when you're you know everybody's worried about everything um, how'd that work for you 
Right. So for us, I mean, uh, being a tech company, it's, it's a people business, right? It's uh, our, our greatest asset is our people. Um, and uh, making sure your people um, are well taken care of is probably one of the very most important thing uh, that we have to do, uh, especially during this crisis. Uh, so, for example, in our company, uh, we recently just announced that hey, we won't uh, have we won't have any layoffs. So everybody would have, you know, uh, a job. We would have that job security. We we commit to to our team members that hey, it's tough times, but you know we're going to work together. Nobody's going to lose their jobs, so they don't have to start worrying and panicking and and you know perhaps start go looking elsewhere. You know, just in case uh, things go south. Um, so that is kind of the number one assurance uh, that you have to give. Of course, in order to give that kind of assurance, you have to look at yourself financially. Hey, you know what what you can do to make that commitment. It's not just blank commitment yeah. that you say uh, to your employees, but you know, really looking down at your PNL and making projections and and uh, also making sure having, you can do it. That exactly. If, you know, you, it, they're they're trusting you at the same time. Right? Exactly. So. Yeah having enough cushion, uh, you know, at least for, for a, a year ahead that you can actually, you know, keep everybody. So, but definitely uh, in, in order to foster creativity, first you have to remove the unnecessary stress and fear um, uh, for your team members uh, yeah. before they can, they can be creative at all. I would right. Say. It's, it's, well, I think you had just mentioned that um, I think our last episode um, mm-hmm. that you were referring to was uh, Jarek Robbins, and he mm-hmm. talked about kind of that Maslow hierarchy of need. If you can at least, you know, check off those basics boxes, mm-hmm. then you can start to get to the point where people are a little more open, a little more trusting, and, and you can build that back. Um, but you've got to do that bottom chunk of the pyramid or it just isn't going to happen because people yeah. are going to be worried about, you know, their family, their shelter, their, you know, all of those basics. And if you can cover that, it allows you to move forward, I guess, too. Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, one other thing that we, we always kind of ask is, is that, so goal setting, whether it's now or at an, another time, um, you know, is, is, is pretty important for people. So mm-hmm. how do you, um, maybe uh, two different ways, how do you do that yourself or is it something you do and, and how do you do it? But then the other side is, um, does it change at all um, how you do that with your team right now? Um, goal setting, um, so for, for me, we've, uh, uh, perhaps I'm a little ambitious and in fact, um, in uh, in our company, we have a motto where it's uh, if you can dream it, uh, we can achieve it, and and the second one is uh, we make the impossible possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> in terms of goal, uh, I would say we have a lot of stretch goals, uh, but also the key is these stretch goals are realistic. Um, so, I never set a a stretch goal that is unrealistic. Uh, in fact. Um, the way I see it is, uh, as the number one person in the company, uh, you can't just tell people to do things. You can't just say, hey, Mr. CTO, go invent this. Uh, we need this by tomorrow. Uh, things don't work that way. It's, it's not magic, right? Yeah. So you have to convince people that whatever goal that you just set can be achieved. So I would say, you know, lead by example. If somebody thinks, hey, this is too much work, this is too hard to do, show them how easy it can be done. You know, if somebody say, hey, you know, this is going to take me eight hours to do, 
show them how you manage to do in an hour. Uh, show them, show them your thought process. Show them your workflow. Um, then they will be impressed and they will believe in you. And they would trust in you. So um, definitely, you have to convince by showing to people how some of the stretch goals can be achieved. Yeah, it's uh, kind of through influence rather than directive, I guess. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and how do you how do you build that influence? Like what, um, what is it that creates that, like for you and your mm-hmm. company, um, what have you done to, to make sure that you kind of garner that influence? Because there are lots of people that don't. Lots of people will be mm-hmm. very directive. And, and it's mm-hmm. actually at this time when things go a little sideways, mm-hmm. when you see people who have relied on that, you know, it may not be there right now. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, a successful way of getting through is when it is there. So how, how have you built that over time with your team? How have you built that influence? Yeah, so uh, I would say, especially uh, as we hit technical problems. Um, so generally, um, you know, being in tech, right, nothing is perfect. Uh, you would, you know, occasionally hit a bug here and now, here and then, or you try to, you know, make a new feature work and it wouldn't work. Um, you really have to, uh, even though I'm not a, I'm not a programmer myself, uh, but I would try to use the best of my knowledge uh, and try to contemplate, discuss the problem uh, with our engineers. And um, a lot of times through those discussions, uh, it actually inspires new ideas uh, yeah. because you try to start listening with the, they keep telling you, hey, this is not possible, this is not gonna work. Uh, why, tell me why, convince me that it's not gonna work. And then I would try to, you know, convince them that how it could work. And a lot of times after those discussions, things magically uh, would work. Uh, so I, I, I presume uh, whatever discussions we had, it actually was uh, useful. Well, and it's that, it's that whole idea of asking the right questions because the best kind of leaders are, are the ones that can ask the right questions and kind of prompt the right, not, not direct the answers, but prompting mm-hmm. the right thought process to get to the answer. And that yeah. seems to be, you know, and that, that creates influence because you've, they've, been an active participant and engaged in what they're doing so yeah and and sometimes i would get my hands dirty and and basically say hey we 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 hit a bug uh and for engineers hitting a bug it's about how do you replicate it if you know how to replicate it you know how to fix it yeah so uh if you get your hands dirty and try to find all the different ways that you can create this problem and replicate the problem it uh it usually would help a team to to solve it in a much much quicker pace. Yeah. So um, it's also important, I would say, for for a leader to always uh, you know take take a step back and you know be on the front line, uh, whether it's um, taking a customer support call or even going on site to a customer and install the system. So you kind of get a feel of how it's like. Uh, you know, working with your product today. Uh, what's the customer's reactions? How does it feel being a tech person representing your company? Things like that. Kind of, uh, if you if you don't experience it, sometimes you don't you don't know what it is. You just kind of almost like a, a general sitting at Pentagon and just directing your troops. Yeah. Um, being on the front line every now and then uh, makes a huge difference. Well, and it and it's. Um even just people seeing you do that 
Like it's, it's mm-hmm. some of it is understanding, but some of it is also, um, you know, what that means to the people at the front line that you, you have done that, that you've been able to go out there and you know, at least a little bit about what it's like to be there and, uh, and that you took, made the effort to do it because so many mm-hmm. people don't and, and you get uh, a, a lot of, it's again, influence of building, right? So, um, the other side is, is that, uh, you, um, you obviously have spent a lot of time, uh, um, you know, building up your own leadership toolkit, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. What is the, you know, what's the biggest, you know, most impactful piece of um, uh, advice that you've been given by somebody or that you've picked up on? What has made the biggest difference for you as a leader? Uh, well, I remember last year I had uh, had a lunch uh, with uh, the founder and CEO of Zoom, uh, Eric Gunn. Cool. And I learned something brand new from him. Um, he was, uh, towards the end of the lunch, he, he reminded me, he said, hey, David, um, let me tell you something. If something is important, repeat it 10 times. 10 times, not three times, 10 times. And I kept saying it, repeat it 10 times. If something is important, repeat it 10 times. And, and that was, uh, um, it's a really interesting moment for me because I was like, well, I find myself very repetitive sometimes. And sometimes I, I joke about myself and say, you know, I feel like I'm an old man because I'm keep repeating myself to my team members. Say, hey, remember to do this and do that. And, and um, I, w- I was annoyed at myself um, having to, um, to repeat myself. And, and if you actually read a lot of the leadership books or, you know, they talk about, hey, you know, you should have trust in your team. Um, you should, uh, in fact, I read one, which was like, do nothing. Uh, it was like <laughs> one of the MBA books, uh, was about, you know, if you're a successful leader, you know, you should do nothing, uh, because, you know, you could properly delegate everything to, to your team members. But now I start to question, well, how come I don't have the luxury of do nothing? Um, how do, well, how come I have to keep reminding people and just repeating myself and, um, but then, but then here he comes. He, he tells me, hey, hey, if anything's important, you have to repeat it 10 times. And that's apparently what he does at Zoom. It's just, if it's important, he kept telling his, his staff, hey, this is important. This is important. Yeah. Um, so so I, I reflected on that, on that statement. And, and then I kind of, you know, got out of that um, and, and understood the, the relevancy of it. Hey, it is true. Um, and don't be shy to repeat yourself. It's not because you're an old man. But the fact that you repeat yourself is because you care. You care about your coworkers. You care about the company. You care about the customer. Because you don't want the customer to be unhappy. And you don't want the coworkers to be unhappy either. You, know, you want to be each other's wingman. You want to help each other. It's, it's not about seniority and I'm the boss and I repeat 10 times and then you go do it. It's, it's about I'm the boss. I care about your success. I want you to be successful. And anything that I know is important, I make sure you know it too. So it's that clarity of communication. Yeah. I mean, the places that do it really, really well, then you can, you can go to the person in your position, but they, you could also go to the frontline employee that may be four or five layers down 
Mm -hmm. And they have the same understanding about at least what key guideposts are and how we do business or, you know, what are the most important things for us to do? I always, uh, um, you know, say there's uh, uh, Walmart is a great example that mm -hmm. if you talk through that, they have certain guideposts that they have as an organization that were put in many, many years ago. And you can talk to the top person at the top and many of the, the frontline people and they would have the same language around three or four items because it's, it's consistent. Um, and, uh, it, and a lot of those companies that do well, it's because it's, it's re repeated and repetitive, mm -hmm. but it's because it's core value sets or core kind of communication points. Right. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that that's the one that, that you picked. I, I think that's uh, it's a big thing that's missed in a lot of organizations because when you see the communication and they wonder why people don't understand, but it's the same as marketing principles around how many times does mm -hmm. somebody have to hear something before it really starts to kind of connect with somebody. So Yeah, cause, because in our culture, it's easily uh, misunderstood as you know being something offensive. Hey, you kept, you kept repeating this to me. Uh, you think I'm dumb or you think I'm stupid or you think I don't hear you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but but really, there's a whole other reason for it, and right. <clears throat> then if you ask them, they probably understand. It's like the the organization that has values that are up on the wall, mm -hmm. but they never talk about them. Nobody can tell you what the values are, but the ones that have memorable, uh, just a few of them, and mm -hmm. they talk about them all the time. People can tell you at every part of the organization. So yeah, and I think the the kind of best examples are actually pilots' uh, takeoff checklists. You know. Um, yeah. Um, one of the checklist item was setting your flaps and slats and actually they check it three times uh, at different intervals uh, at the gate while taxi and just right before takeoff yeah. because it's the one setting that you cannot screw up. If you do screw up, you will die. So yeah. they repeat so, themselves three times. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. It's a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. So, uh, you know, we've talked about some of those different pieces of leadership that you have. Um, one of the things right now, and, and this one might be a little bit trickier than, than sometimes, because mm -hmm. we're going to take an entrepreneurial kind of bent to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but we ask every, every guest, you know, okay, if somebody listening to this could, um, you know, do one, two, three things kind of today or as, as soon as they can after, after they listen to this, um, and I'd say, what would they be? Um, it's a little bit different right now because it's, uh, you know, it's an environment that's maybe not as conducive to starting a business right now, but I'm still going to throw them out at you and, and hear kind of what, <laughs> what would you say they should be doing if they're going through that thought process about starting something right now? Yeah. So, so one of the advice that I would give uh, to prospective employee uh, entrepreneurs is if you think that being an entrepreneur means uh, you can pick your holidays, uh, you can make a lot of money, uh, you can be stress-free, you can be um, do whatever you want at any time you want, um, think again because uh, I would tell you that being an entrepreneur is going to be a lot of tough times. Um, financials aside, you're going to you're going to be under a lot of stress, uh, especially during the early days. Um, when building the team, uh, it's going to be very difficult to build the right team from day one. Uh, you go, you're bound to hire the wrong people uh, for whatever reason. And um, you're going to spend a lot of time rebuilding your team, um, training your team, growing together with your team. Um, and then it's going to be a lot of stress from your customers uh, or, you know, when your, your team members 
couldn't solve a particular issue, you're the last person that they can escalate to. So that means you've got to be the person who eventually uh, fixes whatever problem there is. Uh, you're not going to have vacations for many years. Uh, despite, uh, you know, lots of uh, books teaches you about work-life balance and all that. But in reality, uh, when your business is on the line, it's not just about you. It's not just about you and your family, but it's also about all the families that are attached to your teams. So, for example, here at Delta Path, we've got, you know, 50 team members. That's 50 families to feed. And, and all that burden will be on you. Can you stay afloat? Uh, can you be successful so that these, you know, 50 people uh, can grow rich with you uh, or at least stay afloat with you? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be easy. So uh, if you think being your own boss is cool, uh, think again. Uh, in fact, sometimes if you ask me, um, I, would, I would think twice, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, before creating uh, uh, whole, this whole business that I have done myself. I mean, even yeah. looking back, sometimes during certain periods of time, you, you would say, hey, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have life just been a little easier if I didn't start this company? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I actually find that really kind of reflective because um, there are a lot of people that, um, you know, if you were a subject matter expert that still had the same kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, skill sets and those things that you have, the stress level might be different and, uh, and it would just be a different, different life around it as well. So, um, so it's pretty, pretty interesting that, yeah, you'd, you'd kind of reflect that way from time to time. Yeah. So, so that kind of brings me to the next one, which is, um, you know, kind of start early or start, uh, when the opportunity cost is low. So I started while in college. So, the opportunity cost was extremely low because the alternative was, you know, probably an internship uh, at a, you know, some company or, or even maybe a cashier at a supermarket, right? So the opportunity cost is very low uh, during that time. And you, you can, you know, there's, there's more and more room for you to maneuver and, and to lose. But it, when, when you start uh, a new business, uh, you know, with infants, uh, in the family later stage in life, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot riskier and you probably have a much more high paying job, uh, at that point in time that you, you probably just don't want to give, uh, give up so easily. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I mean, that's great advice. I think especially right now, because there's a lot of people that, um, you know, are, uh, are reevaluating things and, um, you know, I, I think, being upfront with people around the challenges with it are, are important as well. So um, I'm sure lots of people want to be able to kind of, you know, look into your company, look into you, David, how do they do that? Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways of getting in, in connection with you and, and seeing what's going on with, uh, with your company? Sure. Well, um, all you need to do is uh, access uh, our website, uh, www.deltapath.com. Um, besides that, we also have a YouTube channel, uh, so just search Delta Path in one word, and uh, you'll find some cool uh, latest uh, commercial videos uh, that we created uh, about how some of the use cases of our technology. And uh, Very cool. let us let me know how what you think. Yeah, and if they're trying to cut costs right now, maybe that's something <laughs> they should be looking at. So uh, no, that's that's great. 
David, you gave some, uh, some great hints for us and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and thanks for really, um, being pretty open about stuff as well. That's one thing that um, we want to make sure that, uh, people can, um, can hear lots about what it's really like to be in those positions mm-hmm. and, uh, and make sure that uh, if they can, if they can learn and, and, uh, flatten the learning curve at the same time, mm-hmm. then that's, that's a good thing as well. So, so thanks for that. Um, so make sure that you connect with any of those t- pieces, mm-hmm. uh, with Delta path or with David, um, and make sure that you subscribe to, uh, to this podcast. So make sure that when you're on any of those platforms, um, uh, YouTube as well, make sure you hit subscribe mm-hmm. and then you'll get one of these, uh, um, every week and, and, uh, lots of, of other great, uh, great guests coming up over the next little while as well. Um, one other things we did want to note is that, um, we, um, spend a lot of time with organizations on how they, um, look at their talent acquisition processes and all of those things. One thing that we've decided to do right now is um, we're often helping the organizations do that. We're looking at different um, things with their, their technology solutions, all of those different pieces. Instead, we're going to switch that around a little bit and help people who are out of work. There are a lot of people out of work right now, maybe haven't looked at how um, applicant tracking systems look for their information, how they look on LinkedIn, how they do kind of all of those different processes mm-hmm. to prepare for a video interview. We've packaged some of that together where people will be able to have some face-to-face support on that. So that w- link will be on our website as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so take a look at that. It's something that if um, you're in that position and want to kind of move forward, um, you'll definitely want to uh, jump in on that. So that's at www.bigideabigmoves.com. Um, make sure you subscribe on there as well and uh, and you'll hear um, uh, little bits of uh, information. And um, when we have upcoming episodes, we'll get a little bit of bonus material there as well. So um, thanks everybody for listening and we'll uh, talk soon on Big Idea, Big Moves. Mm-hmm.